Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God understands when you feel lonely. Anybody ever feel lonely? God understands when you feel angry. God understands when you feel hopeless. God understands when you're tempted to do the wrong thing. God understands when you're tempted to not do the right thing. God understands when you're pressed financially. God understands when you're frustrated with your own family. God understands how you feel when you lose a loved one unexpectedly. God is not some distant, disconnected entity. All throughout the Bible, we read about a God who's very much in connection emotionally, and every other way with his creation. And we've been talking about the fact that you are so loved by God. And John 3.16 is our scripture verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Most of you have heard that before, but I want you to know that God sent Jesus for every single person who was disconnected from him and lost by their sin. And he loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for our sin so that in receiving him and his sacrifice, we could be forgiven for our sin and be reconnected in an eternal relationship with God. Now, that's not automatic. As we get older and we learn about these truths from the Bible, we have to make a decision, even as children to receive Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for our sinfulness. Come on, parents. You know that every single one of us struggle with desires, with thoughts, with sinfulness. And it's part of our human nature. And God loved us so much, that's why he sent Jesus. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. And today, I want to take just a few minutes, and I want to talk to you about the fact that God understands. And that's the title of today's message. If you've got a sermon guide or the little study book, we're in week three. If you missed the first couple of weeks, you can go to our podcast and you can catch up. But God really, really does understand. And the reason that he can understand so, so intimately and so real uh, with what we go through is because the Bible tells us that one of the titles for Jesus was our high priest. Say high priest. So like, kind of like a Catholic 
Churches have priests. So a priest, think about this, the priest represents the people before God. And in the Old Testament, God selected priests and their primary function was to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people and to pray for the people to God. That was the primary function of the priests in the Old Testament. And then we fast forward to the New Testament and one of the things that Jesus is known for is being our high priest. In other words, he represents us before God. Let me show you a scripture and then we're gonna talk about how God understands. And when we realize that God understands and he feels what we feel, it will bring us more confidence in his love for us and more confidence in learning how to access his love for us to give us the ability, the power, and the strength to keep moving in life. And men, hear me loud and clear. This love that Jesus has for you is not this mushy, chocolate, heart, flower kind of love, okay? This is a self-sacrificing warrior laying down his life for you kind of love. He did that to taste death for you men so that you can live life to the full and you can lead your families in all that God has for them. God's love is powerful. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. This is kind of our jump off verse. Listen to what it says. For we do not have a high priest, that's talking about Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So this is saying Jesus as our high priest, he sympathizes with our weaknesses and our shortcomings and where we fail. And not only that, but on all points, in other words, at every kind, on every turn, he was tempted. But he never failed. He never, ever sinned once against his heavenly father. And that's why Jesus is the perfect sacrificial lamb. We sang about that today. He had no sin. Why is this important? This is important because it helps us to know that the central figure of the Christian faith is not disconnected from you. He's very connected to you. He feels what you feel. He understands how you're feeling. He sympathizes with you, and he's right there with you with whatever you're going through. So I want to share three truths real quickly that will help you to know that God understands how you feel. And because he understands how you feel, you can go to him, and you can draw from his love, his strength, and his power to keep you moving forward in life. Number one, write this down. Jesus was tempted and tested. Think about that with me, friend. Jesus was tempted and tested. How many of you ever been tempted before? Listen to this word, tempted. It means to test, try, or examine something for the purpose of determining its true nature. It means to induce someone to commit a crime or to commit a sin. Jesus was tempted. It's important that we recognize that. It describes the testing of someone's loyalty, strength, opinions, disposition, condition, faith, patience, or character. It determines what a person is made of. Jesus passed a test on every 
turn. I want you to think about this. I don't think we think about this as much as we should. I know I don't. Kids, think about this. Jesus was a child. He was born a baby, and he was a child, so he had to obey his parents. And that means as a child, Jesus was tempted to disobey his parents. Jesus was tempted to not listen to mommy, to not listen to daddy, to not clean his room, to not take out the trash, to not pick up his story. Jesus was tempted as a child to live his own way and not listen to mommy and daddy. I don't think we think about that. Jesus was tempted. Not only that, adults, Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. The Bible shows us that. His own family didn't believe in him. He was tempted to throw his own family under the bus. Come on, every, every, anybody ever been tempted to do that before? He was tempted. The religious leaders didn't like him. He was tempted to turn his back on the institution of God of the day. Uh, he was beaten, so he knows physical pain. Think about this. He never married. Was he ever lonely? He never had any physical, biological kids. Did he want some? He died a cruel death on the cross by himself. Nobody stroking his forehead. Nobody whispering in his ear. As a matter of fact, if I'm reading my Bible correctly, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was tempted. He was tempted to give up. He was tempted to throw in the towel. He was tempted to walk away. One uh, scripture in Luke chapter 4, verse 1-2, it says that he was led into the wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. The accuser is the devil. For 40 days, he did battle spiritually with the devil. And the devil tempted him and tested him. He tempted him to be disloyal to his father. He tempted him to worship him instead of God. He tempted him and he tested his confidence in his own identity as a son of God. Have you men, have you ever been tempted to think less about your identity as a son of God? I have. The enemy gives us these thoughts of worthlessness, of not measuring up, of not being good enough, not being a good enough husband, not being a good enough dad, if that's applicable. So the devil tempted Jesus about his own identity. He'll do the same thing to you and I. So Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tested. So that makes it very, very real in his ability to understand as your high priest. Here's the second thing I want you to know about Jesus. Jesus understands and because of that, he has compassion for you. He has compassion for you. Hebrews 4.15, the front half, again, look at it, what it says. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Weaknesses means wherever you're coming up short, whether it's emotionally or psychologically or physically, wherever you're struggling in your life, and everybody in here probably has a different area in life where it could be a struggle. And Jesus sympathizes with you. This word sympathy means to share an experience with someone or to have compassion for someone. In the Greek, it literally means to be touched 
with the feelings of someone else. Jesus is touched with your feelings with whatever you might be feeling that is causing you pain or emotional distress or hopelessness or faithlessness or struggle or temptation. Whatever you're feeling, Jesus as your high priest, he understands. And because he understands, he has compassion for you. He's with you. He gets it. I think it's important we realize that because if we're not convinced of that, we can become very religious and we think that God is just this God. He's way over there in heaven and he's really disconnected from how I feel and what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. How many of you realize that it's easier to relate with someone when you know that they know what you're going through? You ever been there? Like, this is hard, you know, like in the ministry, we come across all kinds of different tragic things. And one of the hardest things that I have to uh, say at times, and I have to be very careful about how I say it is, and you've said it too. We say things like, I understand. Yeah, I, I understand what you're going through. But the truth is, because we haven't really gone through it, we don't really understand what somebody's going through. But those are times when we're at a loss for words and we're just trying to be gracious and compassionate. So what do we say to someone who's gone through something terrible? We, I understand, but we really don't. Why am I saying that? Because Jesus really does understand you. And because of that, he has compassion on you. What a comforting thought. Jesus understands every temptation, every struggle you face in this life. He identifies and sympathizes with you. He has compassion for you regarding what you're feeling and the situation that you're facing. Jesus has been where you are. He has felt what you feel. He's overcome the temptations that you're now trying to overcome. And because of his ability to sympathize with you, he understands your emotions. He understands your frustrations, your temptations that you face in life. He understands your dilemma. He's experienced your problem. He's familiar with disappointment. He knows the temptations that frustrate you in life. Jesus understands and he has compassion. That's good news. Somebody say amen. It's good news. In spite of our imperfections, he loves us. He understands us. He's merciful, he's gracious, and he wants to help us. Think about this. I don't know that it's going to be on the screen, but if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can look real quickly with me at Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 14. I'm going to just read it, okay? I'm going to just read it. Just listen. Psalm 103, 10 to 14. This is so good. God has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. That's this internal moral bent that we have as humans to go the wrong way. Verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him or reverence him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who 
reverence him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Now, let me clarify this. This is so important. You got to hear this. When you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you become a child of God. You go from just a creation to a child, and now you have this heavenly relationship with a heavenly Father. And he doesn't hold your sins or my sins, my waywardness against us. Hard to believe, but biblically true. When he looks at you through the shed blood of Jesus for your sins, he sees you faultless. He sees you perfect. He sees you forgiven. That's really, really good news. So why am I, why am I uh, in pointing that out? I'm pointing that out because just because we're a creation of God, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're a child of God, and therefore all of the benefits of a family relationship with the Heavenly Father, they're not applicable to us until we come into that relationship with God through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But that's available to everyone. And that's why God sent Jesus, because he wants us back in the family. Now, today is Communion Sunday across all three of our campuses. And I hope that you got some communion elements on the way in. I want to just share this with you. Uh, it's so important that we recognize what we've covered so far. Because Jesus was fully man and fully God, he's our great high priest, and he was tempted and tested yet without sin. And part of the reason why he has victory in that area is so that we can gain victory in any area that's causing us to sin today. Amen? I think that in our culture today, in our news, in the media, in our society, I would venture to say that most people don't really even recognize what sin is. What's a sin? Well, in a society where everything goes, it's hard to know that the Bible still points out sin. Let me make it very simple. Sin is moral error. It's living or doing things that are contrary to God's word and God's will for our life. Pastor Robert, that's hard. I know it's not easy, but Jesus understands. And his spirit in you, as you're growing in relationship with him, he'll give you the strength to put those sins away. By the way, it's important you know this. Sin leads to death. Living righteousness leads to life. Sin always leads to death, and that's why God doesn't want us to live a sinful lifestyle. Death, maybe you don't die physically, but everywhere you turn, you come to dead ends. Relationally, financially, emotionally, sin, death, sin, death, sin, death. So Jesus conquered sin and death. He lived victoriously so that we can live victoriously over sin as well. Amen? It's important that you know that as your, high, as, his, as your high priest, he gives you ability to conquer sin. He has compassion on you. He gets it. And so because he gets it, here's the third point I want to make. We can run boldly to God for help. 
Look at the verse with me, Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, here's something I want you to know. The book of Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians who understood the Old Testament way of worship. And for the writer to write to these Hebrews that they could boldly come to God and boldly approach his throne, this was a mind-blowing concept to them. Because in the Old Testament, in the Jewish faith, the only one who could go before God was the priest. And he went for the people. And if I study my Bible correctly, they tied a rope onto the priest's ankle. And if the priest had something going on in his life that shouldn't have been going on, he would die in the presence of God. And they'd pull him out by the rope. That's how big of a deal it was to approach God in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, he's saying, because of what Jesus did for you, He sees you faultless. He sees you forgiven. And now you can run boldly, notice, to the throne of grace. Not the throne of condemnation. Not the throne of you're not good enough. Not the throne of you're guilty. No, it's the throne of grace. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. Forgiveness, victory, life. And then he says, so you can find help in the time of need. Why is that important? It's, it's, it's specifically important today. You got one of these? Some of you may know what this is. Some of you may be a little unfamiliar with it. But one of the last things that Jesus did with his disciples before he went to the cross and died, the Bible tells us that he had the Lord's, it's called the Lord's Supper with his disciples. And they were celebrating. They were celebrating the Passover when God passed over the children of Israel and forgave them and protected them and freed them from Egyptian slavery and bondage. And Jesus took bread and he took wine and he passed it out. And this is what Jesus told his disciples. He said, take this bread that is broken for you. It represents my body. And so if we're sick physically, we can ask God to bring healing and restoration and wisdom so that we can be better stewards of our temple, take care of ourselves. And then he took the cup of wine, he passed it around and he said, I want you to drink this. This represents my blood that's gonna be shed for many and for the remissions of sin. The old covenant is gone. The new covenant is here. And now you can have forgiveness of sin. You can have healing. You can have victory over death, hell, and the grave. And you can live life to the full. That's what this symbolizes. And because Jesus is still our high priest, the Bible says he's at the right hand of the throne of God. You know what he's doing 24-7? He's praying for us. Think about that. What's his prayer? God bless them. You're already blessed in Jesus. 
You might not know it, but you are. God help them. God forgive them. You know what I heard one pastor say? The prayer of Jesus is his presence. Jesus is there looking at the Father on your behalf. And his scars are in his hands. And the hole is still in his side. He's the only one in heaven that will have an imperfect body. He'll always forever bear those holes and those scars. And when the Father looks at them, he sees you. He understands you. He can sympathize with you. And he wants to help you. So we're going to take this today. And as we take it, we're going to play a children's worship song to remind you that God is here. That God is with you. And if you don't have a personal relationship with him through Jesus, that's easy. You could just say something like, God, forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose from the grave for me. Help me to live for you. And just that simple. The Bible says you become a new creation, you're forgiven, and you have a forever relationship with God. And if you're a Christian and you've messed up, there's forgiveness and communion with the Father. He's waiting for you to come to Him so that He can help you. If there's a need in your life, this is the time. Father, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Father, help me. Give me wisdom. Surround me with people that will strengthen me and show me what my next step is. God understands where you're at. Let's take this together. Let's take our cracker. Let's open this carefully. Carefully. And let's take our juice that represents the forgiveness of our sins. Those of you that are comfortable enough to do it. And we're going to play this worship song. And however you want to make this moment your own, you can pray, you can kneel, you can stand, you can put your hands up, you can bow your head, whatever you want to do. And after the worship song's over, I'm going to come up with Krista. She's our children's ministry director, and I'm going to have her say a special prayer for the kids and for our families. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord through this song.
Amen. Amen. Come on, would you give the Lord a ring knowing he's here with us? Come on up, Krista. Krista and David are our Al Kids directors. Her husband's home with Gavin. He's not feeling 100%. So I thought it'd be very appropriate if, Krista, you would close our service by praying for our kids and praying for us as a church family. A lot of crazy stuff going on in our world, in our culture, in our society. If kids need prayer, it's today. Amen? Amen. Right, Lily? 100%, she said. wants the kids to come up for prayer. Oh, does she want the kids? Come on, kids. Why don't you come on up? First, that was, when you were speaking about how we need to, under, like, we understand each other, I said to Catherine, I whispered to her that that's what people are missing when it comes to sharing God with others. The thing that we're missing is that it does. it's not this big, profound thing. It's your experience that's going to touch somebody else, that somebody else is going to be able to relate to you and what you've been through. And all you can do is share your heart and what you've been through. So I also want to say... To the parents that are here that brought their kids, I know that family service gets a little crazy, but you guys are dedicated to coming and like teaching kids about God starts at home. You can't depend on the church, but let me tell you, David and I have the privilege of seeing these kids every week, and I can tell you it's happening at home. That these kids, they pray, they accept Jesus in our classrooms, and they like know the Bible almost better than me. (laughs) So it's really, really amazing to see that. And if you're a parent and you don't know where to start at home, let me tell you, I grew up with my kids in children's ministry, not when I was a kid, now, that I didn't know anything about this when I was getting into it. All I knew is that I believed in God and I wanted to step into it. And I grew teaching my children. I grew right alongside with them. So it's not this big thing that's like, you know, that you have to master. It's something that you can just do and learn alongside of them. And they're going to remember that and they're going to grow in that and they're going to take that wherever they go. So I just want to, everybody here, if you could just clap for the parents that are investing and pouring God into these kids. It's amazing. So proud of you. All right, I'm going to go down with the kids. Yeah. All right, so if you all would just join us, you can raise your hand at the kids. You can come up here and join us, put hands on the kids if you want. It's important that we all pray together for these kids. Thank you, Father. Father, we come before you this morning grateful for this service, for all of these children here today, God, and all of their parents and all of the adults here in this family. We are all a family here in this building, and We all have an opportunity to influence one another and to influence these little lives, Lord. There is no junior Holy Spirit, and you can do amazing things in and through these kids just as you can to us, God. And this world is a crazy place, and it is dark, and sometimes it is scary, Lord. But we know that with you by our side, that we can be strong and courageous no matter what. Yes, God. We memorized that Joshua 1-9 in our classroom recently. And these kids know that no matter where they go, they have you with them. Yes, God. And that they can be strengthened and encouraged by that. Yes, God. And just like our our, um, worship this morning, God, where it says, let your voice be higher than the disbelief. Let our singing, our praises be louder than anything of this world, any temptation. Anything that these kids face, Lord, let them naturally be able to teach others of God just by loving them. Let your voice be the loudest inside of them. That no matter what they're faced with, no matter what temptation in this world, God, whether it's scary things at school, whether it's things in video games, whether it's 
you know, parties or whatever these kids are going to grow up and be in this world that society says, okay, Lord, let them remember the values of you first. Yes, God. And let them be able to show that example to other kids so that they can be the light of this world just like you want them to. Yes, God. Let them be surrounded by other like-minded people to be able to invest in them and lift them up and encourage them and let their parents be the very first ones to be able to show them this example that no matter what they're faced with they always put you first God in their home in the street anywhere that they go and walk God there are so many kids in the Bible that you use for a greater purpose more than any adult because you can because they're open to you and because kids are able to make a difference more than we can even imagine, Lord. This is our future, and it's more important now than ever that we instill you in them. So let them remember your word wherever they walk. Let it be written on their heart. Yes, God. And let them act in kindness and in love and in faith, even as small as a mustard seed, Lord. Each person has a purpose in you. And even though you're the same God today, tomorrow, and every day and forever, Lord, to each of us, you're personal. You are a personal God who knows each and every one of us individually. And although our one job as Christians is to spread your word, each child here and each adult here, Lord, has a separate purpose that you have to instill in them. And I just ask that these kids are open to that. Yes, God. That they look to you always, that they never lose faith in that, and that all of these lessons they're being taught, they do not lose. Because the Bible says that if you raise a child up the way they should go, they will not depart from that when they are older. So I pray that over these kids today. I pray this over our community. I pray this over everybody in here today, Lord. Don't let them leave this here in service as they walk out the doors, God. I just pray that they look to you and that they apply all of your truths to their life and that they are changing other lives, Lord, because the Spirit dwells within them. We love you and we honor you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.